What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. It's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com here back for episode 68 on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Should be a Wednesday morning for you guys, uh, getting ready for a quick turnaround. Uh, Bucks at home Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, trying to regroup from that Sunday overtime loss to the Oakland Raiders. Lots to get to today. Uh, Tuesday, yesterday, was probably our main reporting day. Uh, there's no access today on Wednesday. Uh, as we mentioned, everything kind of gets compressed and compacted into a short amount of time with the, uh, with the short week for a Thursday uh, literally taken seven days of preparation and compacting it into four. Uh, so yesterday was our last access uh, to players. Uh, only practice we get to see all week. Uh, interviews with uh, Dirk Cutter, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, Julio Jones, um, James Winston, the whole gang. So lots to get to today. Um, I guess we'll start with the news of the day from Tuesday. Uh, and that started with a, a little bit of a surprise and a change. Uh, we had mentioned on yesterday's podcast uh, that the Bucks had waived Jonathan Banks, and that's certainly what the team had indicated, uh, what had been reported nationally and locally. Uh, sometimes these NFL teams will literally tell the player, hey, we're going to have to waive you. We have to free up a roster spot. Uh, the Bucks didn't put that through in Monday's transactions. They kind of waited on it, if you will. Um, and as a result, if you put it out there that somebody's going to get waived, sometimes that's all it takes to get enough interest from another team to get something back in trade. So uh, as it turns out, um, the Buccaneers were able to get a 2018 conditional seventh-round draft pick from the Detroit Lions. So Jonathan Banks going to the Lions. Um, I'm always amused. Conditional seventh-round draft picks, to me, are the very smallest currency that exists in the NFL. Uh, there's nothing piddlier you can give to a team to get someone than a conditional seventh-round pick. Seventh-round, of course, is the last round of the draft. Um, and a conditional seventh-round pick usually means there's some kind of requirement where Banks is going to have to be on their roster for X number of weeks or finish the season on their roster or something like that. Uh, usually it's just a concession from the team that's giving it away that, look, uh, we weren't going to get anything for this guy, so if we have a chance at getting something, uh, it's, a, it's a penny you find on the ground and pick it up, basically. Uh, Jonathan Banks, as we mentioned yesterday, um, has kind of had a downward spiral here in the last two years. Uh, came in as a second-round pick under Greg Schiano and Mark Dominic. Uh, had a good first two years. Had seven picks in his first two years. Started all but two games. Uh, like many things in the secondary, struggled last year with Lovey Smith. Got benched, came back, had a starting job again. Uh, lost that job when they drafted Vernon Hargraves and signed Brent Grimes. And then didn't really have a role on this team, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, was playing special teams early. Um, wasn't even doing that the last two games. Was inactive. So when you have to make an injury move for a roster somewhere else, uh, this is what you have to do. You have to cut somebody you, you weren't getting any value from. Uh, so Jonathan Banks is a Detroit Lion. Uh, happy for him and that he gets reunited with his 
uh, college co-starter at, Mich- at Mississippi State, uh, Darius Slay, who's been a great corner for the Lions. Um, Darius is hurt, but those two will be back together. Curious to see how quickly he can jump in and how Detroit uses him. Uh, most of the players that have gone on to other teams from the Bucks this year haven't been able to do very much. You think about Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think he had two catches maybe his first game with the Jets. He's been hurt. Uh, Danny Vitale went to the Browns. Uh, he just made his debut this past Sunday. I don't think he had any catches or any carries, but did play. Um, and some of the others are bouncing around. We, we made a big deal out of Jeremy Butler getting cut by the Bucks here, but the Jets cut him, and now the Chargers have him, and he's on his third team this year, uh, fourth if you count the Ravens, without actually having really played for any of them. So, again, I, I'll be curious to see what, if anything, happens with Jonathan Banks. He's a free agent next spring. Uh, Lions do come to Tampa next year, uh, so he might get a homecoming out of that. Uh, and again, the other side of Jonathan Banks getting traded is that they used his roster spot to sign Mike James, uh, running back who had been with the Bucks the past three seasons in one capacity or another, uh, brought him back, had been on the Lions practice squad earlier this season. Uh, it's kind of odd. There was a fair amount of secrecy involved. The Bucks still were not acknowledging my, like Monday, we're in the locker room and we see <coughs> number 25 James Jersey hanging in his locker um, and that had been reported he had been signed and we asked Dirk Cutter about it and he said no we're not announcing anything there haven't been any roster moves and then yesterday we go to practice and we see Mike James at practice you see him it's very clearly Mike James uh, and practice comes and goes and, and sent an email to the box like hey uh, uh, is it okay if I ask about Mike James I guess haven't sent a release yet uh, no problem just ask about it so uh Dirk Cutter still did not want to acknowledge that they've signed uh, Mike James. So that was our last access to him. We won't get to ask Dirk about Mike James until after the game on Thursday night. Uh, but as we talked a little bit about yesterday, it's intriguing to figure out which of these three running backs uh, might get the biggest carries. I mean, I think with Jacquez Rogers, it was pretty easy. He had had 18 carries in a game before. But as we mentioned yesterday, uh, Anton Smith has never had more than four carries in an NFL game. Uh, and Dirk... Dirk Cutter mentioned yesterday that just as someone hasn't done something doesn't mean they can't do it, to be clear. Uh, he's been a good NFL back in very small doses, and they just have to hope that one of these three uh, can be a good NFL back uh, in a larger dose on Thursday. As we look at the Falcons, uh, run defense is one of the things they do best defensively. Um, they don't have a tremendous amount of takeaways. They only have eight in eight games. Um, they don't do very well against the pass at all. They don't do very well stopping teams from scoring, but they're 11th in run defense. So, I mean, that's a strength, if you will, uh, is, is them stopping the run at the line of scrimmage to where I'm curious. Is, is This game, as I look at it more and more, seems a lot like the Raiders game in that you have an opponent for the Bucks that is extremely talented in the passing game. Uh, just as Derek Carr has been prolific and has been uh, one of the NFL's best passers. Uh, Matt Ryan might be the NFL's best quarterback right now. I mean, he is uh, leading the NFL in touchdowns, leading the NFL in yards. Um, but like Oakland, uh, Atlanta has a bad defense. I mean, Atlanta's defense is 29th in the NFL, has given up 28.9 points a game, uh, has very much tried to keep pace with this amazing offense they have. Uh, they're tied for first in the most passing touchdowns allowed. They've allowed 19 touchdowns. Um, Bucks have allowed 14 by comparison. 
Uh, they've tied for the third most yards, 2,283 yards. Uh, it's actually tied with Oakland, so it's literally the same defense, basically, um, in terms of what they've given up in terms of yards. So intriguing to figure out what the Bucks try and do. Do they still try and run the ball, uh, have an even split, 30 carries, 30 passes, with what is their fourth, fifth, and sixth running backs of the season, if you will? Um you know, their top three will be gone in Martin, in Sims, in Jacquez Rogers. Do you still try to execute the same plan when you know you don't have the same talent on the field? Or, or do you try and attack their weaknesses? Do you try and let Jameis Winston uh, throw it more? Um, you know, Jameis had 32 passes on Sunday against the Raiders, but when your opponent has 59 passes, you're definitely the, the conservative side of things. And a lot of that was that Oakland kept themselves on the field to have more passes. Um, so I think one of the keys for the Bucks, uh, among many things on, on Thursday night, is going to be keeping the Falcons off the field. Uh, that's something they did a good job with Oakland in the first half, especially the first quarter. I think the Raiders, I think, were one of six on third down in the first half, but then uh, I think finished up six of 12. Um, you know, just, just a high percentage um uh, you know, if you're if you're able to convert half of your third down conversions, it's going to be a long day for the other defense. I, I didn't realize the Bucks had been this good. The Bucks are fifth best in the NFL in third down percentage allowed. They're holding opponents to 34, um, percent which is encouraging. It's just unfortunately it, it's in bunches. You have games like this second half against the Raiders where they literally can't stop them on third down, and as a result, uh, they're on the field as long as they are. Uh, injury update from. Uh, from yesterday's practice, a little bit better. Uh, saw Will Golston out there with the helmet, trying to push through that uh, biceps injury. As we mentioned, r- really wasn't using his right arm much after the game on Sunday. Uh, you kind of saw him uh, trying to go through and practice pass rushing primarily with that left arm. I think he'll be on that side uh, where you have that outside arm to be able to hack at a quarterback or try and tomahawk a fumble and that kind of stuff. Um, Will Golston looked like somebody who would be able to play through that injury. Um, they listed Will at limited participation. They also listed Russell Shepard as limited participation. I didn't see Russell Shepard do anything at all. He was out there, uh, but was just on the side watching, wasn't doing anything physical at all at practice. Uh, he has a hip injury. I talked to Russell yesterday, uh, had got his bell rung, just got absolutely laid out across the middle. Carl Joseph got a 15-yard penalty. He'll probably get a fine as a result of that. Um, and Russell said that he passed the concussion protocol. He's all through that. Uh, just said he landed bad on his hip. And as a result, he has that injury right now. If he can't go, uh, if for some reason he's unable to play on Thursday night, they probably would have to make a move uh, just to get one more receiver um, They've tried to have five receivers whenever possible, so it's possible they would promote Dante Dye from the practice squad there. Don't know what they'll do yet or how healthy they'll be. They, they could try and go by with only four receivers, but that fourth receiver would be Freddie Martino, who really hasn't done much of anything uh, from a productivity standpoint this year. Uh, so we'll see about that. That's kind of hard to know which way things are going to go with that. Um, you know, Thursday night NFL... You know, we, we've talked a little bit about the quick turnaround teams had, how hard that is. Obviously, the last time the Bucks and Falcons met on a Thursday, uh, it didn't go very well. Um, back in 14, when Mike Smith was coaching the Falcons and Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator, 
Uh, week three, Bucks went up there uh, and got destroyed. I mean, 56-14 to 14 was the score. Um, I think it was 28 nothing, uh, like a play into the second quarter. Uh, Matt Ryan just had a field day, just lit him up. Um, and again, that, that was an instance where the home team benefited and played well uh, on the short turnaround. The Bucks have to kind of hope for the same here. I, I don't know that uh, Atlanta has the same hardship that a lot of teams do on the road just because it's Atlanta. It's an hour flight. Um, it's not that much different than if you're uh, at home and staying far away from the stadium or something like that. It shouldn't be a significant hindrance for them to have to fly uh, and come down here to Tampa. I mean, you think about the Bucks having to do you know what they did Sunday. I think I'd rather spend an hour on a plane than spend an hour on the football field playing overtime against the Raiders. So um, much of this game will come down to which team can overcome the physical challenges of a quick turnaround. The Bucks, uh, Bucks have those cryo chambers we've talked about, those uh, cooling chambers that like uh, hit the body with negative two hundred degree air, and it kind of shocks the body into flushing blood out to the extremities and then or flushing blood from the extremities to your core and then when you come out it kind of sends this super oxygenated blood out to your arms and legs uh really helps with the recovery process physically uh bucks were doing that sunday night i mean after the game right away uh, a lot of guys talking about doing extra uh, massages extra you know cold tub ice tub um contrast lots of stuff they're doing to try and get their bodies right it, it's just a hard thing to do you know today is wednesday today is normally the first day they come back and start preparing for an nfl game on sunday and instead it's it's kind of them wrapping things up they'll have a walkthrough today uh they'll certainly do more on a game day thursday than they normally would but physically you're not going to do anything on a game day so uh, an odd situation you have to remind yourself that the other team is going through the same hardship and they have to travel and try and make the most of it that way. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we did get to talk to John Lynch yesterday. Uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night, uh, will be his induction into the Bucks Ring of Honor. Uh, very cool to talk to John Lynch, who's always been very appreciative of uh, the time he had with the Bucks and the way things went for him. And, and it's a reminder in listening to John Lynch. I mean, John Lynch was the guy that came in and made plays and made an impact right away. I mean, he was drafted, uh, came in, and, and again, the coaching staff, his defensive coordinator didn't necessarily want to play him, didn't want to draft him. So he's very much a special teams player. His first two years in the league, uh, his third year, Tony Dungy comes in, and you see them really start to use him a lot. Uh, so it's neat. Again, today, these days, we want these draft picks to come in and play right away. Uh, and make an impact and be on the field and doing things. You know, Ryan Smith uh, is a fourth-round safety this year who has not played a down of defense. Uh, he's been their kickoff returner. He's played on special teams, but hasn't been, you know, as bad as the pass defense has been for the Bucks. has not gotten on the field as part of that pass defense. So uh, I think John Lynch is a reminder. I'm not saying that Ryan Smith is going to be John Lynch by any means, but I do think it's a reminder that uh, some of these players can be slow-cooked, can be kind of, very ease, slowly eased into uh, learning the NFL, playing in the NFL. So I think it's a reminder that we can judge these kids way too quickly on whether they've played or not. Uh, sometimes how quickly you get on the field has more to do with the opportunity than it does the talent. Um, and I think you know Vernon Hargraves obviously has both in that they, they wanted help at corner and he's a talented kid. 
Uh, so he's been the opposite. Vernon Hargraves has barely come off the field. Uh, if he's had, I don't know, 10 plays off in seven games, I'd be surprised. Uh, but anyway, John Lynch is a guy that, that came together. It was neat in that he is still, you know, John Lynch is a TV guy now, does a lot of broadcasts, uh, is still really defensive. You hear a lot from John Lynch that because he was such a hitter and such a nasty hitter defensively, that he might not do as well in today's NFL where there's penalties and potential ejections for hits like that. And I think John takes great offense to that. I think John, again, is a Stanford man, uh, a smart guy who would be able to uh, adjust his game and and kind of lower the target, if you will, and still be a, a very good NFL safety, even if he wasn't taking guys out uh, and knocking guys out of games physically. So I think he was very proud of the fact that he played a certain way, and that way doesn't necessarily line up with today's NFL. But had he been drafted 20 years later, uh, I think he could have done the things that, that you need to do to be a, a, an effective safety in today's NFL as well. So excited to see John Lynch uh, get inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, anytime you have that induction for the Ring of Honor, it's always intriguing to try and sit back and figure out who the next person is going to be. Um, you know, they've hit pretty well on the Super Bowl teams, uh, Super Bowl team and their stars from the team, and that Brooks and Sapp obviously got in as they were going to the Hall of Fame. Mike Allstott got in. Uh, so it's like, where do you go next? Um, you know, you could certainly go, if you wanted to stay with the Super Bowl team, you could certainly stay, maybe have Dungy, if you wanted in the Ring of Honor. Uh, Rondé Barber will certainly go in at some point. If you want to go a little bit earlier, you got guys like Wark Dunn, that would make sense. Uh, and if you wanted to go really early, uh, there are other guys uh, from this team early on you could certainly do. Obviously, John McKay, is in the Hall of Fame as the Bucks' first coach. Uh, Jimmy Giles is in as an early tight end. Doug Williams is in now. So there's a, certainly some representation from those first 10 years. Uh, Leroy Selman is in the Hall, in the Ring of Honor as well. Um, so you sit here and try and figure out, okay, who's the best player not in the Ring of Honor? Which, and again, I think they, they're consciously trying to honor different eras and, and call back to... Um, different generations of Bucks as they do this. So it'll be neat to see. Usually a lot of the former Bucks are back uh, in terms of other Ring of Honor members. So we'll probably see Sapp and Brooks and uh, Allstott and all those types um, tomorrow night at, at Ray J. It's a little bit crazy on a night game because it's so much going on and so tight deadlines. But usually we can get uh, a little more time with Lynch uh, at halftime after his uh, ceremonies. But it'll be a neat thing there for everybody in attendance to see uh, to get a new addition to the Ring of Honor there. He was just at Denver's Ring of Fame uh, not even two weeks ago, like 10 days ago, a week ago Sunday. Uh, so quite a two weeks for him. He actually went to London between these two things. So he's had a lot of travel. Uh, I don't know if he's been home very much in the last two weeks. Uh, but happy for him and need to talk to him uh, the other day. So guys, we have one more podcast here to preview our Falcons game on Thursday night. Uh, Friday can actually be a wrap-up podcast uh, for once, and then uh, we'll have all of next week to look ahead to the Bears and their third straight home game there. But that will wrap things up for now, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, certainly, again, welcome your comments here. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks. Uh, you can shoot an email if you want to LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, always appreciate the comments and the feedback and all you guys listening there as well. Thanks again, folks. This will wrap things up for Wednesday. We will be back Thursday for one more preview uh, before the Bucks and Falcons go 
uh, on NBC on uh, Thursday night. Thanks again, guys, for listening to episode 68 in the books. You have listened to the Locked on Bucks podcast for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again. We'll be back tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.